we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for June 26, 2011. We're going to go ahead and continue on here with these particular points that the, uh, as far as the mainstream media blackout essentially, or, or almost total blackout regarding different issues. The fourth point is members of Congress continue to mention Christians as a threat to national security. For example, during a recent congressional hearing, U.S. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee warned that, quote, Christian militants might try to bring down the country and that such groups need to be investigated. Uh, You have things like that, statements like that being made, and then in conjunction with that, and I, I kind of lump this together, you have gay marriage being approved now in the New York Senate. Now, the reason I, I mention those two things together is that if you've got Christians being targeted for, you know, as potential subversive behavior, um, people that need to be investigated, and you increasingly have an environment where the homosexual, bisexual, transgendered perversions are being protected by law, which totally contradicts the word of God then you're going to have all the more excuse for the government to go after Christians because of their unlawful... uh, And again, this is where where do we draw the line on the interpretation of Romans 13, which I've done a whole teaching on. I mean, when the government starts telling you to do things that are totally contradictory to the Bible, saying shut up about homosexuality, bisexuality, transsexuality, shut up about uh, abortions... Uh, being murder, shut up about homo- all these things being a sin. They're not a sin, according to uh, who do you obey? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, as Joshua said. I would rather obey God than man, as is said in the New Testament. So I've done a whole teaching on Romans 13, an unlimited sur- subservience to the government. You can key that in, just key in Romans, the word Romans in the search box on contendingfortruth.com. And, uh, see, the problem is the 501c3 corporate church is yoked up with the government through their 501c3 status that they essentially, which gave them their right to exist through IRS guidelines via via our government. So it becomes this corporation that has its right to exist by the government. It's yoked up with the government. There's no Bible for doing any of that. We're not supposed to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers according to 2 Corinthians 6.14. And they're yoked up. And so therefore, for the most part, you're going to see the 501c3 church going along with whatever the government imposes because it's for your best interest. It's yoked up with FEMA. It's yoked up with Homeland Security. I've done whole studies on this. And they're going to most likely use the churches and the pastors in order to indoctrinate the masses to the Big Brother's agenda to be used as points for when, let, let's say, the pandemic comes, as points for inoculation, vaccination, pick up points to go to the death camp, stuff like that. I've got into all this in previous studies. Just key in 501c3 in the search box. They're a little bit dated, the studies, but the information today is more pertinent than ever. And the pastors are going to be used to placate the masses just like they were in Hitler's day. Because the main thing Hitler preached was Romans 13. Told his 
ministers in these in these churches in Germany, they commanded these, whether they be priests, whether they be pastors, whatever they might call themselves, to preach Romans 13, unlimited subservience to the government. A twisted interpretation of that verse, which I get into, easily debunkable, as far as just unlimited subservience to the government, no matter what they say. That was the very thing that Hitler used in a twisted, warped way in order to get the churches on board with his agenda. So you've got to be real careful. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 So you want to rightly divide the word of truth, not just take some wild interpretation or whatever's thrown out to you. So, gay marriage approved by New York Senate. This just came through yesterday, June 25th. Lawmakers voted late Friday to legalize same-sex marriage, making New York the largest state where gay and lesbian couples will be able to wed. And giving the national gay rights movement new momentum from the state where it was born. The Senate galleries were so packed with supporters and opponents, at least there were some opponents there, that's at least somewhat encouraging, Uh, that the fire marshals closed them off. Five states currently permit same-sex marriage, Connecticut, Iowa, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Vermont, as well as the District of Columbia. Now, this is an article from John McTernan, God's Final Warning to the United States of America. Now, I think he's somewhat messianic. He's got pictures of guys blowing shofars and... Israeli hexagrams up there and stuff like that, which I've exposed in previous studies, not not the shofars, but the the hexagrams. I have a balanced, try to maintain a balanced biblical viewpoint of Israel, okay? And I point out the things that are going on there that are unbiblical, but I also point out the things in the Bible that's very clear that God's not done with Israel, okay? And that we're not supposed to go around you know, railing against Israel and thinking that we've usurped their position in the Bible and in the end times and and where they're talked about even the the 144,000 in Revelation 7 and Revelation 14. And gives them by name, you know, the tribes by name, that type of thing. Anyway, I've done many teachings on that particular subject. Uh, so, the thing is, is anymore, if I quote somebody, I'll invariably get a whole bunch of listeners coming back to me saying, yeah, but do you know he believed or she believed in this, 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 and this? And it's like, uh, no, I didn't know. There's no way I can know everything about anybody, and I know I'm not perfect. So, you know, again, I glean. I glean from Alex Jones as well, sometimes. I got like one thing in here from his website. But the thing that I put in here isn't something that is a lie. People say, well, don't believe him, he's this and he's that. Listen, i got a whole Word document on a warning regarding Alex Jones. I've done whole warnings on him before. So it's not that I believe every word Alex Jones says. But, is quoting Alex Jones any less evil than me using CNN as a source? Like the CNN quote I read earlier about the Fort Calhoun station being under two feet of water in some areas. At least they were willing to admit to that much. So, again, I'm just gleaning. I mean, if I try to go and just use sources that are King James, um, unregistered type of church movement 
born-again Bible-believing Christians, that those news media outlets don't really exist. As far as originating of the news, they're very few and far spread. So I glean, and I admit that, and when I can get cross-confirmation from different sources, you know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established, that's how, you know, that's how we, we operate. I don't know any other way to operate. If that were the case, we might as well not even report on anything. If we have to just use pure, you know, sources that are, you know, they just don't exist in today's day and age, for the most part. I'm not saying they don't exist in uh, some pockets. But I'm talking about the big overall picture. Uh, so anyway, um, this article starts out by saying it's, it's God's final warning to the United States of America. And it starts out with Isaiah 4 through, actually Isaiah 1, 4 through 7. It says, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, they are gone away backward. Why should ye be stricken any more? Will ye revolt more and more? The whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot even unto the head there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Your country is desolate, your cities are burned with fire, your land, strangers devour it in your presence, and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. This very well could be the future of America, right here. I mean, we know that verses 4 through 6 are pretty much right on the money, in, in general, I'm not saying every single person, I'm saying in general, the vast majority, and then the judgment being, your country is desolate, your cities are burned with fire. I've given you some scenarios today, just the pipelines alone, regarding the fire. And there's a lot of different ways that could, I mean, this wildfire in Arizona is gigantic. We're going to talk about that more too. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence, and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And then I've done whole studies on the fact that they've got like all kind of foreign troop builds up, build up in both the um, Canada and in Mexico, foreign troops from other countries that would have no problem coming in here and doing whatever they're ordered to do. They don't like Americans anyway. You know that scenario is 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 definitely a possibility. Now, the commentary, I'm going to read from that. America's dying right before our eyes. The sodomite agenda is advancing with little opposition from the church. If the agenda is slowed by the people, the courts overrule it. New York State just legalized homosexual marriage. This was not forced on the people by the courts, but legalized by the state legislature and signed by the governor. There is now no hope for this state. I am not aware of any residents... Resistance from the church. Well, that's not true because there was some resistance, evidently, like we had cited there. Okay, so that that is good that there was some. Um, I am sure that a church here and there stood up for the Lord and cried to him, but for the most part, there was no resistance. Uh, New York became the sixth largest state to legalize same-sex marriage with Governor Andrew Cuomo signing the bill into law state late Friday night, gay weddings will now begin in 30 days. The effects of this law could be felt well beyond New York. Unlike Massachusetts, which pioneered gay marriage in 2004, New York 
this is important, New York has no residency requirement for obtaining a marriage license. Meaning, the state could become a magnet for gay couples across the country who want to have a wedding in Central Park or the Hamptons. <laughs> Sickening. The romantic Hudson Valley or that honeymoon hotspot of your Niagara Falls. Of your Niagara Falls. See, there's no residency requirement. So any, literally, Tom, Dick, or Harry, gay Tom, Dick, or Harry, could go there and get married. Of course, it's an, it's an abomination, the sight of God. It's not a marriage. It's an abomination. I don't, you know, it, it, some stupid piece of paper is irrelevant. But the fact that these states are legalizing this sin the fact that they're legalizing Sodom and Gomorrah and promoting it and giving it a protected status. What happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? <laughs> Fire and brimstone. And Sodom and Gomorrah most likely didn't have an abortion clinic. Well, hundreds of, of, of abortion clinics or whatever set up. I mean, in other words, most likely what we're doing in America overall is worse. The holy God of Israel is going to defend his institution of marriage between a man and a woman. I reported in my book, and this is back to the commentary. I reported in my book, God's Final Warning to America, now out of print and on this blog, many correlations between sodomy events and natural disasters. Hmm, very interesting. When sodomy, when the sodomy event coincides with pressuring Israel to divide Jerusalem, the disaster is even more horrific. Wow! See, when I read that, I, he really had my attention. Because that's been totally documented regarding us giving, pressuring uh, us to give up land. And again, all these natural disasters I, I, I was citing in part one when I had watched on that Weather Channel documentary that one night. Just horrific things since April. The weather disasters have been literally unprecedented. And we have, in that same time span, all of this pressure on Israel from Obama. Uh, it's no accident. And it, you, when you can go back and document it over and over and over and over, you just can't say, oh, it's just coincidence. No, it's not. The best example is Hurricane Katrina and the destruction of New Orleans. The city was destroyed on the eve of, of an event called Southern Decadence when over 100,000 homosexuals came to the city. At the same time, President Bush Jr. had pressured Israel to leave Gaza, which had just been completed um, Hurricane Katrina destroyed the city almost to the day the last Jew was forced out of Gaza. And while the homosexuals were pouring into New Orleans, I see the same happening to America on a larger scale than the destruction of New Orleans. I do too. I agree. He goes on to say, July has the potential for being extremely explosive for America. Now, again, this is like rubber meets the road stuff. I, I just told you how this whole... Middle East, uh, Mississippi flood basin area is totally locked and loaded for destruction on so many levels. Again, I'm not going to rehash all that, but go back and listen to part one if, if you want to know more about that. You've got all that locked and loaded, ripe for destruction. And again, it, could, it really would only take one of those dams breaking or a cataclysmic earthquake in the New Madrid fault zone or even even the flooding of one of the um, if the flooding increased into one of these nuclear reactors if we have a Fukushima like disaster all it's going to take is one of the scenarios going 
And particularly the dams breaking would be like dominoes, a domino effect. Now, if, if an earthquake in that area started causing, you know, a lot of this, that would be another scenario. Pipelines breaking, natural gas and gas pipelines. Bad, bad scenario there. Now, saying that, this article goes on to say July has the potential of being extremely explosive for America. The massive destruction that started in April and continued to this very day well might continue into July and fall. Now, he's talking about started in April. The tornadoes, the all those tornado outbreaks. There was, you know, the one in Alabama and the Midwest and Joplin and in that, then you have that in coinciding with all the flooding that's been going on ongoing, the dams about ready to break the the nuclear power plants being surrounded by water, New Madrid fault line, seismic zone being totally saturated, liquefied, them blowing levees, river at its capacity. Okay, a lot of that contributed to where we're at now. So, the massive destruction that started in April and continued to this very day very well might continue into July and into the fall. In July, Obama will be pressuring Israel again to create a Palestinian state and divide Jerusalem. You see why I'm doing this study today? A lot of bad, bad, bad stuff potentially on the horizon here in America. On July 25th, New York will start marrying homosexuals. So you've got, in July alone, Obama right back on to pressuring Israel to divide Jerusalem, create a Palestinian state, and then on July 25th, you've got New York will start marrying homosexual couples. And I guarantee you, they're going to be turning out in mass in order to consecrate their, their, their wicked vows to one another. The hurricane season really starts picking up at the end of July and into August. Oh boy, forgot about that one. Watch for massive hurricanes hitting the U.S. in conjunction to Obama pressuring Israel in the advancement of the homosexual agenda. And again, this is something we can look back on and have a nice, uh, a very well-documented history. That the one guy that also wrote the book, The Eye of the Storm, The Consequences of, of Dividing Israel, Koenig, I think is his name, he wrote a whole book on that. There's been several people that have written books on this, documenting these events, particularly when we go after um, Israel. Long Island, New York, is especially vulnerable to hurricanes. I reported in my book, um, and it was entitled, As America Has Done to Israel, that was the title of the book, that the Great Hurricane of 1938 hit Long Island in conjunction to the Nazi movement on Long Island and what President Roosevelt was doing with Hitler and the Jewish people during that time. The connection I make with Roosevelt and the hurricane could be seen on the headlines of the New York Times. Now, he doesn't elaborate on that anymore, but evidently there was a lot of correlation there. Now, I've never, wow, I never knew that from 1938. That's really going back far. I found a connection in the past between advancing the homosexual agenda and the meltdown of the economy. Right now, the U.S. economy is on the verge of total collapse. I have reported this coming collapse on this blog, and the following is just a few of the latest headlines to show this. Here's, and I give you all the links here you can click on if you want to explore these further. The first one is from Peter Schiff. You know, he's a prominent, I believe, economist type of guy. Uh, and it says, look out for triple-digit recession. That was just from 623. And then... Next article, Congress is warned U.S. is headed for a European-style debt crisis. 
That was on 6.23. And then the top five places not to be when the dollar collapses. That was from 6.24. So for a lot of the people in the know, economists and, and people that study you know, gold and silver and these types of things, it's just a matter of time. And again, let's say one of the dams break upstream on the Missouri and the domino effect happens and floods a nuclear power plant. And then if you had an earthquake in conjunction. That by itself is really the only thing we would need as far as a tipping point for the economy to go down the tubes as well. Not only that, all this flooding that's happened in the Midwest has swamped millions of acres of farmland that had crops growing. Forget that. See, they're trying to make sure that there's no food available either when the day and time comes. That's part of that scenario as well that I've never even touched on. America is ripe for God's judgment because of homosexual marriage, among many other things. Historically, September and October are the months for the worst stock market crashes. It is very possible that during these months, Obama might be also pressuring Israel to divide Israel. Pressuring Israel to divide Jerusalem, I'm sorry. The sodomite agenda is also in full swing, so it is very possible that this fall could see the collapse of the U.S. economy. Those are just two things. We're not even talking about abortion. We're not talking about a lot of other different garbage that we could also bring up as well, that would also bring on God's judgment. He goes on to say it depends on two things. What Obama's doing with Israel and how active the homosexual agenda is at the time. Well, I think that's simplifying things way too much. Um, just to say it boils down to two things as though other things don't matter. I think, yes, those are two of the most important, but there's also other things God's concerned about as well. Again, which I really didn't even get into, and we can't get into every issue for time's sake. Uh, the, the Lord matches the judgment to the level of sin, and right now America's level is off the chart. While while this is happening, while all of this is happening, is swirling around us, the vast amount of the church is nowhere to be seen in the battle. Well, of course not. They can't say anything against the government. They would potentially lose their 501c3 corporate status. And the parishioners wouldn't be able to write, it, write their tithes off on their taxes. You know, and the churches might lose their government subsidies. And then if they lost their 501 status, that would be a real mess, you know, and they'd be labeled by their buddies, and oh boy, it could get ugly. Now, I'm not saying making a blank mass condemnation of every 501c3 church. I'm just saying, for the most part, I think that holds true, what I just said. He goes on to say, God does not want to destroy America, but the combination of the national rebellion against his word and the inaction by the church appears to leave him no other choice. All the disasters of the spring and summer are a warning of what is coming. Well, we, we just started summer, you know. Uh, the following is an excerpt from my book, God's Final Warning to America. This is from October of 1987. On October 19, 1987, the stock market dropped over 500 points for the greatest one-day crash in U.S. history. The crash resulted in a one-day drop of 22.6% in the market and a loss of over $500 billion. By comparison, the crash of October 28, 1929, which was attributed to the start of the Great Depression, was only a 12.6% drop, as opposed to the drop of 1987, which was 226 The effect of the 1987 crash was felt well into the 1990s. The U.S. economy was increasingly at a 
4% rate during October 1987, but as a direct result of the crash, it contracted to a negative 4% by 1990. Just eight days before the stock market crash, on October 11, 1987, probably the largest gathering of homosexuals in the world took place in Washington, D.C. The newspapers reported that 200,000 people marched past the White House and gathered near their capital. Some reports claim the marchers numbered 500,000. The homosexuals were reporting were marching to, quote, end discrimination and increase funding for AIDS research. The newspapers reported the crowd carried signs stating, thank God I'm gay and condoms not condemnation. Others were saying, I'm gay and I'm proud. Has there ever been a time in history when such a huge group of homosexuals gathered in a nation's capital to demand their rights? God answered this march just eight days later with the greatest stock market crash in U.S. history. In fact, the week immediately following the homosexual march, the stock market dropped 235 points. For the eight days immediately following the march, the stock market dropped 735 points for a loss of 32.1% overall. October of 1987 marked the high water mark for the U.S. economy, as it had been growing at over 6%. After the crash, though, the economy began to contract until it hit a low, negative 4% growth in the fall of 1990. The economy contracted 10% in just three years. With the size of the economy, this resulted in the loss of hundreds of billions of dollars. As late as August of 1992, the newspapers reported 20% of the stocks had not recovered from the crash of 1987. The recession of 1991 and 1992 can be traced primarily to the crash of 1987. Many American firms downsized after the crash, and hundreds of thousands of jobs were lost. This crash had a powerful impact on the economy. The downsizing of corporations continued into the late 1990s. The crash permanently changed the face of corporate America forever. God shook America with a powerful economic warning. On October 19, 1987, America had an economic heart attack. This heart attack happened just eight days after the massive homosexual rally. The crash of 1987 did not result in a 1930s-type depression, America did survive the crash, but continued to amass huge amounts of debt. America went into huge amounts of debt to keep the economy from a depression. By the late 1990s, the federal government was over $5.1 trillion in debt, the combined debt of all levels of government, plus corporations and individuals. Totals over $11 trillion and is growing fast. The debt could prove to be the burden from which the nation cannot escape. God has clearly warned America about the promotion of open homosexuality. The next stock market crash of this magnitude could devastate the economy and completely alter America forever. Jude 1.7 says, Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, and this is in, they're, they're comparing this to the fallen angels that left their first estate, which are the fallen angels that fell from Genesis 6. Okay, um, Jude 1.7 then goes on to say, even as Sodom and Gomorrah, they're comparing the fallen angels to Sodom and Gomorrah, and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So, that's not exactly a glowing uh, endorsement in the Bible and in the New Testament, and there's other verses in the New Testament as well that you can look at regarding homosexuality. 
You know, that's a condemnation. And a homosexual going after, a man going after a man or a woman going after a woman, in God's eyes, is going after strange flesh. It's the same things that happened when the fallen angels fell in Genesis 6, which were referred to as the sons of God. They saw the daughters of men that they were fair. They took them wives, all that they chose. And in those days, essentially, the byproduct of this were giants or Nephilim, the fallen ones. It was an unnatural byproduct. It was going after strange flesh. God views homosexuality or bisexualities as well, I mean, still perversion, you're going after strange flesh. You're leaving the natural use of your body. A man burning after men, women after women, as the Bible talks about in Romans 1, I believe. So, they're set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire, meaning they're, they're in hell burning those that are in Sodom and Gomorrah. So, you can see there's, the next couple months uh, are going to be a real critical time. Next point, number five. China's eastern proverb, province of Zhejiang, I think that's how you pronounce it, has experienced the worst flooding that it has seen in 55 years. Now these are news stories that are largely being ignored by the media. Two, two million people have already been forced to leave their homes. China has already been having huge problems with their crops over the past few years, and this is only and this is only going to make things worse. So again, just something. I mean, that's a pretty big issue there. Fifty-five worst flooding in fifty-five years. Two million people have already been forced to leave their homes. I don't see anything about this. I mean, I haven't. Maybe there has been more, but not a whole lot about the news that I know of. Number six. Thanks to Frank, the Frank Dodd Act, over-the-counter trading of gold and silver is going to be illegal starting on July 15th. Now, I put out a story on this. This keeps getting confirmed. Or at least that is what some companies apparently now believe. The following is an excerpt from the email that Forex.com recently sent out to their customers. Now, this is, this is the actual press release that they sent to their customers. Important account notice regarding metals trading. Forex.com is like one of the biggest. Okay, I've heard a lot of people referring them now to them now as Crimex because they're criminals. We want to make sure you're aware of some upcoming changes to Forex.com's product offering. As a result of the Dodd-Frank Act enacted by U.S. Congress, a new regulation prohibiting U.S. residents from trading over-the-counter precious metals, including gold and silver, will go into effect on Friday, July 15, 2011. In conjunction with this new regulation, Forex.com must continue discontinue metals trading for U.S. residents on Friday, July 15, 2011, at the close of trading at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As a result, open metal positions must be closed by July 15, 2011, at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We sincerely regret any inconvenience complying with these new regulations may cause you. I mean, what garbage? They can't trade gold and silver anymore? Well, if you were getting ready to collapse the economy, I mean, the dollar's, you know, the dollar's just being printed out of thin air. There's no, there's no metals backing it anymore. There hasn't been for decades. I think one of the things you would want to do prior to that is get to some point where you suspend all gold and silver silver metal trading 
so that people couldn't have access to real money, which since antiquity, gold and silver has been considered real money. Obviously, there's other things that you can do in a bartering system to be considered, you know, something you could... But gold and silver have been, I guess you could say, the gold standard for that. So now, <laughs> this there's also one other company that's went on board with this. I don't know how much trouble they're going to have implementing this. I hope they have massive amounts of trouble implementing this. But isn't it weird how you see, I, I see when they, they've had these commercials on a lot in the last two, three, four years about sell your used gold. Send it in to us and we'll melt it down and we'll send you a check back. And it, you know, usually you're getting a small portion of what the gold's actually worth, which is garbage. But isn't it kind of funny? It seems like they've made a lot of attempt to, to take gold off the streets. I mean, any exit. Because think about it. If you hadn't thought of that and you had gold necklaces, and you could use those to barter with. You could use that as a precious metal to barter with in the end times. It could be, but see, if people are desperate and people are tapped out, and I think that's the case. I really do. I think that most people, I've seen most uh, statistics in there saying that most people don't have access to even, if, if worst case scenario hit, most people in America don't have any type of savings. They don't, they don't even have access to a couple th- grand. They live totally week to week. Most of them, or many of them, live off the government. Um, a very good friends of mine up here in North Carolina uh, have been telling me that they have an, a prominent insurance offices, and they've been telling me that from the, like the third until the eighth is when they when they get just bombarded with business, people paying their insurance policies and stuff. It's because people are so dependent on the government and it's during that time that they get their governmental checks. And they and they go and they catch up their, their bills and they, they do this and that and they go out and they shop and they that's when you'll see them at Walmart and, and this and that. And then all of a sudden around the eighth it just drops off until the end of the month. And then people spend less and less and less money. People are are very, very, very much dependent. A large segment of the population is very much dependent on the government right now. That's some scary stuff because if they're dependent on the government, is the gov- if the government is the, essentially their their slave master, of course they haven't been enslaved like they're going to be enslaved. If you're going to Big Brother, if you're going to Satan essentially for your handout, yeah, it may be going okay now. But there's going to come a time, as I've said before, when Caesar's going to call in the chips. And there's going to be a lot more required of you in order to get that check or get that food or whatever it is you're going to Satan to get. I'm not saying all aspects of our government are satanic at this point, but they're moving in that direction. People, they've been playing those commercials for years. Send in your gold. I think people have cashed in a ton of their stuff. I think people are up to their eyeballs in debt. And a lot of that's from even when, yeah, you know, like around 2005, when when the housing market crashed and people had got into homes they couldn't afford, mortgages out up to the hilt, and then the, and then and then the uh, the housing market crashed. A lot of them obviously lost their homes, but but the ones that are still hanging on, there a lot of them are, are in total debt. They're, they're living off credit cards. They're in total debt, and the borrower's slave to the lender. Bottom line. 
That's what the Bible says. So, you're in that position, and you're not... The more in debt you are, the more chance the devil has to take advantage of you, in other words. okay. And, you know, I'm not totally out of debt myself. I got a school loan I've been trying to get paid off for for years and years, and, and, you know, you take out a school loan, any kind of governmental school loan, you're going to end up paying probably about triple of what you, uh, you ended up owing on it. So I'm not sitting here saying I'm Mr. Perfect either, but if I, I, you know, obviously I took out these school loans before I was even saved, hindsight being 2020, you know, hey. You reap what you sow. So, this debt is just a form of bondage, is, is what it really boils down to. And I would encourage everyone, in as much as possible, that they do whatever they can to get out of bondage. Or if you're if you're dependent on the government, man, that is one that, you know, when they go to you and, and, and you go to get your food rations or whatever's coming up, and they say, well, in order to get this, you're going to have to be vaccinated. Oh, those days are coming. It's a matter of time. I don't know when exactly, but there's going to be an increasingly higher price to pay for relying on Big Brother in, in the days and times ahead. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So let's go further here. Apparently, Section 742A of the Dodd-Frank Act prohibit anyone from entering into or offering to enter into a transaction and any commodity with a person that is not an eligible contract participant or eligible commercial entity on a leveraged or margin basis. That sounds like lawyer talk to me. So what is the impact of this going to have on the gold and silver markets? Nobody is quite sure yet. Peter Schiff, president of the Euro-Pacific Capital, said in a recent interview regarding silver, I think anything in the low 30s represents a pretty good entry point for people to buy, which, you know, we're, you know, 34 to $35 right now. Once we go through the $50 mark, I see silver going to $200 an ounce. I own a lot of silver personally because of this outlook. See, they've been just artificially suppressing the price of silver for years, years and years. And if they make it illegal for people to start trading and only the elite can get their hands on massive quantities or or any kind of real quantities, um, I would see that being advantageous to the elite, you know, uh, unless you had a whole bunch of silver that you had already bought. And then that would be you know, good for you. But then again, if they make it illegal to trade, <laughs> which I fully anticipate them trying to do, in other words, they're trying to take away any way you have of bartering, you know. But that's 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 just a great example of a totally unlawful law that they would try to enact. Just this thing about this Frank Dodd thing. Does that sound lawful to you? What right do they have to say that you can't trade in honest weights and measures, gold and silver, what right does the government have to impose that upon you? That's garbage. And again, you just have to ask yourself, where, where, where do I finally draw the line? Is it when they tell me i got to get vaccinated? 
is it when they tell me, the TSA tells me I got to have my, my daughter or my son, my little infant son groped and patted down and put through a, uh, a TSA pornographic radiation scanner? Where do you draw the line at? If the law becomes a tear to good works, then that version, that, that portion of scripture in Romans 13 does not apply. Because it keeps saying over and over again, these are not a tear to good works. They're ministers of God for your good. Yeah, but the government isn't that anymore. It's getting more rogue and evil by the day. So where do we draw the line? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You obey God. You obey whatever his word says. Number seven, going further, all over the world, huge cracks are appearing for no discernible reason. For example, a massive crack that is approximately three kilometers long recently appeared in southern Peru. There's a link there, you can go see it. Also, a 500 foot long crack suddenly appeared recently in the state of Michigan. When you, when you throw in all the gigantic sinkholes that have been opening all over the world, it's easy to conclude that the planet is becoming very unstable. Number eight, according to U.S. Forest Service officials, the largest wildfire in Arizona state history has now covered more than 500,000 acres. Who knows what it is now? But based on the coverage it is being given by the mainstream media, you would think it's a non-event. Number nine, there are reports that North Korea has tested a super EMP, which means electromagnetic pulse weapon, which would be capable of taking out most of U.S. power grid in a single shot. The North Koreans are apparently about to conduct other nuclear tests and has some Obama administrations very concerned. Now, this EMP weapon, um, if we were ever to get hit with an EMP weapon, it would essentially fry anything with a computer. Uh, unless it was shielded. One thing you could do is if you're backing up your computer, you can take, like with an external hard drive, you can take and wrap that, double layer wrap that, in copper tape. You could find it online. Just do a keyword search for, like, copper tape. I would double wrap it, at least, if not triple, in copper tape, which would be a way to protect it, I mean, every square inch of it, which would be a way to protect your hard drive in the event that you got hit with an EMP attack, and your hard drive was fried or wiped clean from that. Now, again, that would be a scenario where, that, like, for instance, this ministry or any other ministry out there could literally go down in a millisecond, and you're not going to see them again. I mean, unless God intervenes in some way, shape, or form. I never know when, on a given broadcast, if this is going to be the last broadcast. You know, I fully expect that day to come. Not because I'm negative, just because I see what's on the horizon. And I don't think that we're going to have free access to the internet forever. I think there's going to be some event, whether it's the government regulates us out of existence, throws us in jail, or there's an EMP attack. One of those scenarios most likely is going to happen in, in the future, in the near future, more than likely. So, again, things to pray about. Things to kind of consider regarding preparation. Uh, you can look up Faraday cages. Those are, I believe, another way that you can protect yourself from EMP attacks. But, you know, you can, you can really get into um, a lot of... Uh, uh, you could go down a lot of potential roads regarding researching these subjects. 
Um, but whatever way the Lord leads, you pray about it. And, and I know people that have made actual Faraday cages. My uh, uh, listener in Australia, um, Paul, he's got one that he's built. He's stored a lot of his valuable electronic equipment in it, and he's actually grounded it to the ground. I actually, that was in one of the previous studies that I did. I actually, he sent pictures where you could look at it and, and stuff like that. It's a brilliant move, you know. Uh, so there are things that you can do to protect those types of things. Uh, we'll just let the Lord lead you in these things. So going further, number 10, all over the United States, what they term as active shooter drills are being conducted in our public schools. Often, most of the students are not told these drills are fake. Instead, students often go through hours of terror as they think a hostage situation or a shooting spree is actually taking place. What are they doing that for? They're trying to condition the masses to accept these types of things as normal. Now, in relation to that, I, I posted in a couple other articles that kind of go along with that whole Big Brother theme, something I just found out, out about in the last couple of days. First one is Rochester Police Ticket Supporters of Woman Arrested for Recording Cop. In Rochester, New York, if you dare protest against the thuggish behavior of local cops, they will take revenge. That's what's happened when people came out to support Emily Good, the woman arrested for recording the police. She was completely within her rights to do so, standing on her private property, but one of the Rochester's finest ignored her rights and trespassed and arrested her. See a video of the incident below. I I give you a link to the video. It's sickening. The woman's sitting there. There's an arrest, or I guess they didn't even end up arresting the guy that's going on in front of her front lawn. She's on her property, and the cop's telling her all this garbage about, I don't feel comfortable you standing there behind us. And she's like, I mean, this is like a a small woman with a video camera. It's not like she's threatening. She was very nice, very polite to the cop, and he just said, okay, I want you to go to your front porch if you're going to do that. And she's like, no, I can stand here. It's my First Amendment Right, I'm on my private property. He's like, no, you can't. She's like, what do you mean I can't? You know, I haven't done anything wrong. And he ends up arresting her and taking her away. So they let the one guy go, and they arrest her. And she's crying and screaming, and, and, you know, it'll boil your blood. It's really, really (laughs) disturbing. And then what happens is, is because there were multiple eyewitnesses or neighbors were out there supporting her, thank God. What happens the next day, I believe it's the next day, and I give you the video to that, is the cops, his buddies, come out and start giving everybody on that street who are not parked, if you're more than 12 inches from the curb, and they've got rulers they're using. One of the guys was 12.5 inches from the curb, giving them all tickets up and down the road. In order to punish them. And it was a battalion of cops it looked like. There were multiple, multiple cop cars there. Just so happened to appear like the next day. I think it was the next day. And she she even said in there, she says, you ought to be ashamed of yourself for doing this, trying to, you know, basically taking revenge on us. The the videos went viral and you're being exposed. And and so, in other words, all the cops were in on it. All the cops, evidently, those cops justified this behavior in their mind, this totally unlawful behavior, that there was no basis in law for this cop doing this. None. Just it was his opinion. 
But what they're trying to do is teach you is, is we don't care what the laws say. Whatever we say goes, because we're like little mini gods walking around. And whatever you, we tell you to do, you better do it and be a good little Nazi. Now, I'm not saying all cops are that way. But these cops sure were. And again, it's getting increasingly more rogue uh, regarding that. The, the spirit... The spirits that have been evoked and, and generated through all the wickedness that has went on in America are is permeating society and permeating our government. You should expect this to be happening when you have as much wickedness going on here. And the government's eventually going to be totally leavened and corrupted. I'm not saying it's like that right this second, but it's moving in that direction. There's no doubt about it. And you can watch these videos on there. They're, they're just sickening. So now the cops in upstate New York are going after the people outraged over the incident. This is obviously police intimidation. The Rochester cops are attempting to prevent people from exercising their First Amendment right. It's, sort, it's the sort of behavior one would expect in a communistic country. The next one, elderly woman dying of leukemia, asked to, be, asked to remove her adult diaper during a TSA search. And TSA is gearing up more and more and more. They got their Viper teams out going into Amtrak, going into bus stations, probably sport events. They're going to try to get people more and more and more and more conditioned. And then eventually on the roads where you're going to be like probably having to go through checkpoints, which will be, you know, when it gets to that point, then you're really talking. Uh, But if people don't resist, if there isn't any prayer going up about this, then, you know, and not to say that this isn't part of God's judgment, and that this isn't part of what God's going to let happen. Again, that's that's up to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but I do think we should pray about it and and um, inform other people about it. Uh, if there's resistance to these things, if it's exposed, if it's, you know, videos are made like they did in Rochester, there's a, there's a higher likelihood that it's going to at least slow things down. This article is, a woman has filed a complaint with the federal authorities over how her elderly mother was treated at Northwest Florida Regional Airport uh, last weekend. Jean Weber of Destin filed a complaint with the Department of Homeland Security after her 95-year-old mother was detained and extensively searched last Saturday while trying to board a plane to fly to Michigan to be with family members during the final stages of her battle with leukemia. Isn't that pitiful? That is so sad and pitiful and just gut-wrenching. This elderly woman, 95 years old, going to die of leukemia in the last stages once trying to get to Michigan to be with her family and they these TSA pervert goons essentially sexually assault her and ask her to remove her adult diaper. Her mother who was in a wheelchair was asked to remove an adult diaper in order to complete a pat down search. You sick army sick army of perverts. Any other place in America if this was done it would be sexual assault after sexual assault after sexual assault. Go, you know, if you, you go to try to go up to somebody in a public place, grocery store, mall, wherever, don't matter, and just start groping them. It's sexual assault. But not when the TSA pervert and thugs do it. No, then it's legal. 
You see what I mean about the laws in America, how corrupted they are, how anti-biblical they are? It's wrong. It's evil. It's wrong. Ugh, it's just sickening. Next article, or next point, number 11. NASA has just launched a major preparedness initiative for all its NASA personnel. The following is an excerpt about this plan from NASA's own website. A major initiative has been placed um, on the family personal preparedness for all NASA personnel. The NASA Family Personal Preparedness Program is designed to provide awareness, resources, and tools to the NASA family, civil servants, and contractors to prepare for an emergency situation. The most important assets in the successful completion of NASA's mission are our employees and their families. We are taking the steps to prepare our workforce, but it is your personal obligation to prepare yourself and your families for emergencies. There just seems to be a ramping up within the government for something on the horizon that they're not being real specific about at this point. Relating to this subject, I posted I, I went and reposted an article in here and it's called The Shift. Earth Shifting Observations Confirmed. And this is from I believe Intel Hub. And uh, this is a very uh, interesting set of links that you can click here. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to go ahead and play the audio for one of these links here so you can kind of get an idea of what we're talking about here. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and roll this video now and uh, be commenting on the way here. Just when you thought there could not be more change going on in the world, Magnetic North is moving. Aviators know it has always moved, but not like this. It's just skipping along. It's on the move about 40 miles a year now along the polar path toward Russia. It's a natural, unstoppable occurrence. But The compass is becoming more inaccurate every day. It's not a result of faulty manufacturing. It's because the North Pole itself is changing. Follow me now. This problem is actually so drastic that workers at Tampa International and Peter O'Knight Airports are rushing to make changes. And Brooks Garner, our meteorologist and local science, do we dare say nerd? Spent the day looking into this polar shift. When most people hear North Pole, they think of Santa Claus. And while he'll always be at the very top of the world, there's also a magnetic pole, which is produced by um, fluctuations or flow of, of iron in the core of the Earth. Dr. Chris Connor of USF explains that the constantly moving molten iron acts like a giant car alternator, creating a magnetism on a planetary scale with the magnetic north and south pole. But over the last few decades, it's been moving, and now it's moved all the way from northern Canada into northern Siberia. Which means what your compass shows is north in Tampa Bay isn't really north. And this is a problem for airports. When a pilot navigates, he needs to find which is the correct runway to land in or take off on. So he uses his compass and his cockpit to orient himself. That will tell him that he's on the correct runway. Robert Burr of TIA says runway 36 originally pointed due north to 360 degrees. Or it did before the magnetic shift. Now it points just right at 10 degrees north, even though physically it hasn't moved. While the runway in question will always point to the true geographic North Pole, 
because the magnetic North Pole has now shifted. Pilots who use compasses lining up on the runway may think they're in the wrong spot unless this problem is corrected. So TIA has resolved to paint new numbers to match the pilot compass readings. Now runway 36 is runway 1. But this may only be a temporary fix. Several times per million years, Earth's magnetic pole does a full flip. At first, it becomes disorganized, with new poles popping up in odd places like the equator, bringing the green and red northern lights to the skies of Florida. The last shift was over 700,000 years ago, leaving some to say we're due. Some people have speculated that there's a shift beginning, which may explain this recent fluctuation. Now, they're going to an interview now where they're talking, and obviously I don't agree with the 700,000-year garbage, evolutionary number garbage, uh, when we had a pole shift last time, but uh, there are references even in the Bible where the Bible, the word talks about the God turning the world upside down, and um, it's something to think about, it's something that we've talked a lot about with the coming potential for um, this common Elenin, brown dwarf star, Wormwood, these types of things, where if you have a massive body moving in relation in space to the Earth, that it can actually cause these types of pole shifts to occur. And uh, this interview here that you won't be able to understand, but it's it's regarding the whole uh, Eskimos that they're interviewing and how they're saying that, and they they uh, particularly in the northern parts, sunlight's very important for them regarding hunting and things of this nature. And they're saying that they were leaving early in the morning. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of commentate on this. Uh, so we had to arrive at daylight in order to catch seals. And we had an hour of daylight to do that, typically, during this particular time of year. Today we have a two-hour window to hunt seals, which, you know, is obviously very unusual. This change is noticeable. They're interviewing different Eskimos right now. Um... And he says, the daylight is a lot higher on the horizon. I don't know everything, he goes on to say, but I really notice and observe changes occurring in the atmosphere. We've lived here all our lives, and we've watched the sun, where it rises has not changed much, but the sunset has shifted way over. Now, I'm just going to say something here. The other day, I went and I looked outside my window as the sun was setting, because I've been reading a lot about this, that the sun is actually you know, rising and setting in different spots where it should be. And when I checked the sun, now I understand the magnetic pole is shifting, and I'm sure there's other mitigating factors there possibly, but when the sun set where I was at, in North Carolina, it was setting in the northwest. Rises in the east, sets in the west. Okay, it should kind of be setting in the west. Well, it was directly, as far as a compass bearing, was northwest. So it was like 45 degrees right in the middle between west and north. So I've observed it as well, you know, just in the little little that I've done. And uh, there's a series of links that I'm going to give you for this point that you can go in there and click on. I haven't heard anybody talk about this, but Intel Hub, as of yet, where they're documenting 
all of this stuff and where the sun should be setting and it's not. And again, this would kind of confirm a potential for a pole shift or, or the potential for some, uh, let's say, a brown dwarf or this common element approaching and causing perturbation is what they, I think the term they call it, with our, uh, with the uh, shift of the earth or with our orbits or things of this nature. And it also could explain too, I understand you have harp in the mix, but it also could explain too the increase of earthquakes that are taking place globally and the, and the crazy weather that we're getting. It, it's, and then if you throw harp in there, it's only going to magnify it. And the rainfall and, and stuff like that. It's, it's almost as though the globalists probably know exactly what's going to happen or at least have a pretty good idea. And they're doing a lot on their end to even make it worse so that when things really go down, the situation might be two, three times worse than it would have normally been had they just left things alone. I can't say that for sure. I'm, I'm thinking from a satanic standpoint, that would be Satan's agenda to cause the most havoc and, and, and to cause the most deaths and destruction and misery. So, um, they go on to say in this documentary, where, where the sun rises, it has not changed much, but the sun set has shifted way over. So, I think that's what they're also observing in these other videos that I, that I mentioned. Perhaps the earth has tilted on its axis, these Eskimos are saying. And I'm just kind of reading the text as it comes up here. That's why it's going a little bit slower. And... The one guy says, I'm always pondering this and have wanted to talk about these changes to the sun and the environment. The earth has changed its tilt. They're interviewing different Eskimos. I don't know exactly what when it happened. But I do know the sun used to set close to the highest mountain peak. This mountain peak he's near or can see. And I'm sorry, I'm waiting for them to talk. And after the shift, the sun now sets past the highest peak. So again, that would confirm what I just noted the other day with uh, looking out my window and comparing where the sun was setting on a compass. Another man says, we get heat from the sun after our world tilted and the sun is higher and its rays hit more directly now. This makes it warmer. There's hardly any tongue drifts these days. Now, what the tongue drifts are, it's it's where the wind blows up there in the Arctic, and the, it will blow typically in one direction a lot, and the snow will be aligned with the direction where primarily most of the wind is coming from. And they call these, in the snow, it forms these things called tongue drifts. Okay, it kind of looks like a big snow tongue, you know. Uh, tongue drifts are directional markers used for travel, in the Arctic. And I'm, again, I'm back to reading off the video now. They are formed by the north wind, which has changed. I learned to observe the ground if the stars are not visible. So in other words, if the stars are not visible, they go after the tongue drift. Today, the stars look different. In the sky, they look different. Well, if the earth was shifting and tilting, they would look different. At night, returning from a hunt using the stars, it's noticeable that they are not no longer in their proper positions. Our world has changed, land, sky, and environment. Tongue drifts now point in a totally different direction. When moving east, we cross them sideways before, before they changed. 
Today, heading east, we go with the drifts. So in other words, the wind is blowing in totally different directions than it ever has for years up there. We haven't had north wind in a long time, and that was the way it was for years. There's more south wind now, but primarily it's east wind that's dominant. And that never was the case for as long as I can remember. In the past, we hardly had any east wind, he says. East winds are strong and bring bad weather. The east wind is now like the north wind. So that was where it ended. So, I'm not going to say a whole lot more about that today. We could really go off on a rabbit trail on that. But the, the um, in this point, number 12, and it's going to be on about page 16, starting on page 16 of the PDF for 6-26-2011. It's titled, The Shift, Earth Shifting Observations Confirm. And some of the other links that are entitled here, the Inuit Eskimos, uh, there's another link to that. Sun's barely clearing the horizon in the Arctic. Uh, another one, Earth Changes and Earth Shifting Roundtable. Another article reads, Documenting the Northern New Northern Sunrise. A special report. And then the last one, Updated, Has the Earth Shifted or Is It Just Me? So there's plenty of other confirmation there that you can get regarding this particular subject. Thirteenth point here, over the past week, over rough... Over 40 temporary no-fly zones have been declared by the FAA. This is very unusual. Nobody seems to know exactly why this is happening. Now, again, some of these no-fly zones are actually over some of these nuclear reactors that are potentially going to be flooded. A lot of no-fly zones are all of a sudden popping up. And, and again, a lot of times you would think, well, why would they do that? Well, they don't want you knowing what's going on in a particular area. And if you could get a bird's-eye view in a plane, then... You know, you can expose what could be going on. So it looks like the government's really trying to hide a whole bunch of things right now. Now, beyond that, I give you more links here. Alternative views of coming events. Further things to pray about. And um, some of them are YouTube video. Well, they're all YouTube videos. And from different people up on YouTube. And these are more severe warnings than what I've even got into. Uh, these people... Some of them claim to be Christians, some of them are not. I am not going to go quite so far as to endorse any of these videos. I think there's a lot of truth that can be presented. I think that what you're going to see in these videos are very confirmatory to the information that I've covered. But they go a lot further saying that some of them go a lot more into this common Elenin. Uh The one guy's warning about uh, the 7-7... Seven, seven, um, pedigree alignment of Elenin that could produce a lot of really, really heavy-duty things. I mean, he's telling everybody to bug out to the Ozarks in um, Missouri, in that area, Arkansas, Missouri, or wherever they're they're at. Um, which, you know, I see pros and cons for that. They've got supposedly caves there they're bugging out to. They're saying, you gotta, you gotta go, and all this other stuff. And I'm not going to be motivated by the fear of man to do something. I want to hear from the Lord if I'm going to do something like that. And um, But I put them in here. Just if you want to watch them, you can. There is a caller from Fayetteville, North Carolina to George Norrie. You can hear that four or five minute clip where he was told by a... Um, I, I tell you what, I'll just go ahead and play that one real quick because it's not very long. Okay, so let's just go ahead and listen to this one real quick. Ray is in Fayetteville... North Carolina. Hey, Ray, welcome to the show. 
this call happened on 6-17 of 11. So we're talking about nine days ago this happened on Coast to Coast with George Nori. Thanks. How you doing, Mr. Nori? Good, Ray. Well, I got a bit of a situation. I was hoping maybe you can, maybe you've heard something or, um, you know, someone might, might have called in. I've only been listening right. to the show for, you know, about a, going on two weeks now. Okay, well, fire away. Let's see what okay. we, uh, we, can, we can help you. Well, um, about, well, it was, it was actually last Saturday. Um, a neighbor of mine, um, he's a retired military. He was uh, stationed in Fort Bragg for 17 years. Like I said, retired staff sergeant. Um, we moved into subdivision about seven years ago. Okay. Um, and uh, he got he renewed his vows with his wife last Saturday. There was a bunch of people at his house, uh, you know, military, high-ranking officers, stuff like that, all retired. Um, and as, Saturday evening, after everybody had left and, and everything, um, my floodlight came on, and I looked outside, and uh, his RV was backing up to his house. And I felt saying you know, that that was strange. And uh, he was probably up to four or five o'clock in the morning, which actually got got me started listening to your show. And uh, he um, then the following morning, I walked he walked next door to see what was going on. I didn't know if he, you know him and his wife had a fight or or whatnot because he he was drinking that evening. And you're close enough. You were close enough where you could do that, right? Some some neighbors you can't even walk over next to them. Right. We have, this is a big military subdivision. I mean, I was, I was in the military two years, but I work, work at furniture store now. But um, anyway, I walked over it, and, you know, he was loading up a, a, a trailer on the back of his uh, off the back of his uh, RV. Okay. And um, he had all sorts of uh, freeze-dried foods, everything. Didn't think anything of it. Um, Thursday, I had seen him again. And he came to me, or I actually walked over to him, and asked him what he was doing. He said, well, I'm, I'm moving to Missouri. And uh, I didn't really know what was going on. Um, he told me, you know, the best advice he could give me was to, to go west of the Mississippi. Um, I, I didn't know, I mean, he's leaving, he's actually leaving tomorrow. Or it to, was today now, but he's leaving, you know. So if you didn't catch that, he said the best advice he could give him, this is somebody evidently high-ranking in the military, is to go west of the Mississippi, uh, to get away from the eastern seaboard altogether. And again, these links do confirm that. And that includes, you know, the area where where I'm at right now. Um, anything on the eastern seaboard, not only is there a very, very high concentration of nuclear power plants east of the Mississippi, um, but there, there, there's a lot of other theories um, regarding the New Madrid, and there's another fault line that runs uh, on the eastern seaboard as well, the New Madrid triggering that fault line. Uh, a lot of different scenarios uh, where you would actually be cut off um, if you were even in the Appalachian, northern Carolina, uh, north Georgia. Um, there, there's a lot of different scenarios there. Okay, so again, I'm just giving you some alternate viewpoints here. I don't want to. Um, I want you to do what the Lord Jesus Christ tells you to do, uh, but this is just one of the alternate viewpoints that I have seen emphasized by uh, other people in the last one to two weeks. Sure. Sometime today, 
He's yeah, coming to Missouri. He's coming to uh, our neck of the woods here. He, yeah, he's moving to Missouri. He's renting a, 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 a house, or I guess he's renting a house in Missouri, taking his wife and his his, his two boys with him. And, um, you know, he, he told me pretty much for, for me to get out and, and, you know, leave the East Coast and um, get across the Mississippi. Well, what, what, is, what does he think is going to happen? I have no idea. He, he wouldn't elaborate on that, huh? No, and, and this, this all started, you know, like I said last Saturday. Um but I, I, I don't know what I don't know what to think of it. That's why I was calling. Well, Ray, did he have a look of concern or panic on his face? Uh, no, not nothing. Normal, normal to me. Maybe he's just moving. It, it, but my, my problem is, he said. I asked him why he was moving, and he said, "You know, my best advice to you is for you to get across the Mississippi and get away from the East Coast." Huh. Well, you know, let, let me tell you, there, there, there's a, there, there are groups of people who believe certain things could happen, and they're taking precautions, whether they're right or not, and he might be one of them, right? So, you know, I, I, I haven't heard. So George Norrie goes on to say he hasn't heard anything to that effect. Uh, there is quite a bit of inf- information on the Internet about that scenario, and I give you... Some of the main videos here, I'm not going to play them. They're like 15 minutes long. We just don't have time to get into all that. And I don't really want to give every single theory up there the same amount of credence. Uh, but I do give you the links to those videos. Uh, their supposed safe zone map, the Appalachian Eastern Seaboard region declared unsafe uh, link, Eastern Seaboard fault line warning video. At least the information is there if you want to explore it. I'm not saying I endorse it. Okay, The stuff we've covered today is pretty much easily verifiable. Some of this other stuff is not. So I didn't want to just ignore it at the same time and say there's no credence. It might be all true. It might be all true. But um, for now, I'm putting it out there. And um, you might have already seen this. I've had a lot of listeners email me these things and um, these same exact videos over and over and over again. So a lot of you are already aware of this. Uh, but for those that aren't, it's on there. Now, I also give you the links to my previous teachings I've done. Uh, again, entitled 2012, The Mayan Calendar, Pole Shift, Wormwood Planet X, Nibiru, and Crystal Skulls. That's an older one. That's from actually September 7th, 2008, and then also the more recent ones I've done, entitled Wormwood, Planet X, Nibiru, Comet Ellen, and NASA, Pole Shift, Nuclear Reactors, and Earthquakes, Part 1 and 2. I'll give you the links there. It'll be on page 17 of the PDF for 626.11. And again, this is why I do this on a weekly basis, so you can kind of have... I try to make it like as close to one-stop shopping as you can, so it doesn't cost anything where you can go up and you can access these PDFs. You can actually follow along with them as I'm actually doing the teaching if you want to. And then if you want to stop the audio where I'm talking and then maybe explore some of the links or maybe explore some of the YouTube videos, and then you can pick up right back where I'm talking because I go verbatim off the PDF, uh, making that trying to make that easier for you. I'm going to go ahead and stop part two here. We're going to go to part three, which are more of my proactive recommendation type of of uh, things that you can do. So God bless you. We'll see you in part three.